Live coming at you from the 60712. It is the J3 Amateur Hour Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the J3 Amateur Hour Podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I'm here with this Josh. It's Yoel. Guys, how you doing? I was doing well until I heard you put the anti-Semitic song there, Jordan. I know. (laughs) I I was thinking that the the song worked so well, and it's just really unfortunate that Roger Waters went nuts, (laughs) no? Pink Floyd is great. They're great, but I can't listen to music anymore, unfortunately. Is this like as bad as playing um, like Kanye music? It's worse, actually. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I think. Kanye's just nuts. Roger Waters is a legit anti-Semite. Because I did once use like a Kanye song, like not... Like remembering, you know, like forgetting the fact that he like said, what was it he said about the Jews? Like I, Kanye like, goes through phases. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh, Roger Waters like, oh, pretty consistent. Like, yeah. with like, how dare you use this? I'm like, oh yeah, it was a joke. Okay, so first of all, I want to get this started. We're obviously going to touch on winter break. I think briefly, Josh. There's not much to talk about, but we have, and we'll introduce him more formally momentarily. But we do have who is with me in Mexico, Doctor Naftali Brenner here. Naftali. I was thinking when you started playing that song, Roger Waters, probably not a good, not good, a good song to go. Not to a go good idea. Okay, come closer to the mic, Naftali. Sure. I know you're shy. Are you first of all, how was you were on the Peloton tonight? I was on the Peloton. The you bike get, or the treadmill? Bike. I hope you weren't on the stock because it was down like twenty percent today. <laughs> no, I actually had I had knee surgery. My um, my orthopedist said that he was offered like shares in the company to be their company doctor, and he always regretted it. Now I think he's probably. Pretty happy. He uh, he yeah. lied to you. Okay, Josh. That's all he's running with it. We'll get back to you. But Josh, yeah, I mean, I'll talk to you a little bit for a second because <laughs> I, I understand you were at uh, the same Front row. the same resort that Jordan was yes. at over the week over um, when midwinter, correct? Yes, correct. He threw himself a birthday party, correct? He did. He did a great job. Okay, he did so, a great job throwing himself his own party. Yeah. Okay. It was, was a lot of fun. Was okay. it like a surprise party? Like, did he walk in pretending <laughs> to be like surprised? Like, tell everyone. No, there was none of that. It was just a bunch of you know people together to celebrate. It. Was so he was there really before nice. everyone got there? I don't. Or was I, he like the guest of honor? Had to make I notoriously show up to late. I think Jordan could agree. I show up to late, like to everything. What? I think you. I think you were at the pool at like nine in the morning. I didn't show up to like. Yeah, he. You guys are late. Yeah, they're very tardy and everything. Well, I'm always. So you're saying that you don't know what happened? I don't know earlier. what happened. All I know, I came. There was a party. It was fun. And and what time was the party called for? Nine thirty. Nine thirty. So eight thirty. Eight thirty. Was Jordan know. wearing like a tiara or something like that? Or was he like? <laughs> did he make like an entrance like a sweet sixteen like on top of like a pink limo? Like no, there was none of that. None well, of that. I, I I was told um, by an anonymous source that <laughs> the party. Was called for a certain time, and the uh, several people um, were waiting to get in the hotel because I guess Jordan didn't take care of the security. Well, you you said that you took care of everything, he, Jordan. Mm, everything. This person told me he was waiting for over an no, hour. I mean, you're right. That, to get in, the, a major issue occurred, and I thought I set everything up. I talked to the place we stayed is kind of like it's like a city. There's like a lobby at the front, and then you're taking on a shuttle to I don't know the, five or six different hotels. And I spoke to the goal. Of the, the goal of the trip is to not to take the trolley as little as possible, right? Because you could be waiting hours, right? If you take it, waiting hours meaning like people waiting hours to get into the party that Jordan threw. Correct, for correct. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, there was an issue. It was also raining a little bit um, <laughs> in the rain. And I also heard that were there names for the guests, no, so gave, or was I, it just like tell people here? For... I gave the names. I called weeks in advance. I called a week of. I when I got there, I spoke to people. I spoke to this. I called. Whatever lobby, I called concierge, all these things. They told me, not a problem, not a problem, not a problem. And th- then we get a call from people saying they're stuck outside. They're not being let in. In the, the rain. Front gate. Stuck outside in the rain. It wasn't really raining that much. 
Did you pay for yes. people's dry cleaners? <laughs> I thought there was going to be food. Oh, there's nothing. Oh, no. Oh, this is great. Brenner. No food. Uh, Brenner, I did hear actually from someone that, correct, there was no nothing, food. Nothing. 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 I mean, you came to his I tisha told people that in advance. You came to you his tisha No, you no didn't. Food? You said someone was going to go to the restaurant and pick up food. <laughs> okay, my brother-in-law was supposed to, but then he couldn't get takeout or something. So It was like a Yom Kippur party. Is that what we're saying? Like, come for Yom Kippur I also evening. heard that there were a lot of people that Jordan just have happened to run into that day that he invited to his party. They had no idea who they were. I had no idea. So there'd be numbers and he wouldn't look stupid. The, Jordan, yeah. it, are they still like contacting you or no? Like, um, I am getting some texts from some friends and stuff, new friends that I've made. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's very social. I, I, no, no, no. First of all, I ran into an old friend on the beach, and he's a couple years older, and we hadn't seen each other in years. And I said, hey, listen, having this party tonight, come by if you want. Tell you know whoever you're with, and uh, he showed up, and it happened to be his the friends he was with, the wife knows my wife, whatever. So. It worked out very nicely. Wouldn't you think, though, for a party, you'd provide some type of like food or something for people to eat? Like, if they're there for several You would think hours? so, but we're in Mexico. So, were there, were there pretzels? Everyone, what? No, no, there's, no, there's no food. There's, there's no food. nothing. Not peanuts, no not pretzels, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no cocktail <laughs> nuts. There was nothing. There was I, alcohol, though. There was. A, there was. I heard somebody. <laughs> there was wine. There was wine. <laughs> there was alcohol. I, I heard there was a morsel of food someone had in their pocket. They had. Le- they found <laughs> leftover from their flight. It was an American Airlines peanut package, and they were sharing it. Like they gave friends. Like here, you can have two peanuts. No, I mean it's, it's a good point. I don't think it's a great troll, Josh. I think you've done better. I think that people had their own dinners, whatever it was later at night people are coming to drink what time was time. it called for 8 30 no one came in expecting food and if they did besides I apologize besides the great doctor yeah you didn't have dinner that night prior i don't remember okay <laughs> Do- but and again jordan did say he was providing food right he did say that yeah. someone was supposed to be procuring some food so yeah he lied yeah he may have lied. what else you got josh so Is that it? Well, are we done I, well I, I have a question yeah sure what did you wear to the party jordan I wore um, for sure linen pants. No, I, I wore <laughs> I wore white terry cloth shorts. Okay, and like a floral button down. Was you it know, t-shirt? You referred to it as buttoned down, but was it really buttoned? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I don't know. We'll did, have to check. Did the you tape. specifically pack something for this party? Like that's my power right, party like, suit. Yeah, no, I, I really think that he like took out clothes. Like, well, should I wear this shirt? No, maybe I'll go with this one. I, I don't feel like it was 100% easy to he had yeah. more than one birthday more, outfit. More yeah, than right. one option, yes. depending on like. No, no, no. I think I think in general, I brought clothes that were for the day and for lounging and for whatever. And then also, should I go out at night? Should we go out to dinner? Brought a bunch of you know shirts for different for occasions. So I chose one of them. Okay, I, I have a question, and yeah. you must answer honestly. Okay, when you were when you got dressed for the party. Did you look in the mirror and at all say, you know what, I think I'm going to go with something else? Or no. whatever you put on that you, you stuck with it? No, I, I think that I'm, I think there's a healthy balance of humility and confidence that whatever I put on, I was going with. So you wore, was you wore shorts for the night? Yeah, I mean, it's hot in Mexico. <clears throat> okay. Yeah? Yeah. Is there a problem with that? No, it's, I think it's weird. But I wore no. sandals. I just think shorts what should I have worn? at night are weird. I don't know. For like a man. Shorts at night are weird for a man. Yes. I think to, I think Josh has figured that probably it was an evening party. You yeah. probably would have been doubting Marv there, and <laughs> you wouldn't wear shorts tomorrow. There's a little bit of um, humidity, so you know it, it is very humid to feel there. comfortable. It, yeah, it did rain. Also, it yeah. rained when people were waiting outside to get. Yeah, in it was rain. indoors or outdoors. It was outdoors. It was kind of like the ground was sand. No, right? there, you, there you, had there was an overhang. There like was an overhang. Like, there, it was kind of like this beach bar area of the place. Did you cover the entire alcohol bill? Yeah. Okay. 
It's nice. Was it was a, it was a great deal, by the way. If, yeah. I got the bill at the end, and I was shocked. It was, was way cheaper than I expected. Was there? Can, can we talk about like any leftover liquor? What actually happened to it? Is that allowed or? <laughs> you could. You could actually. I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, well, let's, <laughs> let's hear. Just say, let's hear. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. This Carter, may have, to, this I, may have to be added. I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny the allegation. <laughs> There were a lot. There were some rowdy kids there, and I think uh, Jordan was feeling in like a very party like, and he wanted everyone to to enjoy the party. So there was like a lot, a, a nice amount of tequila left that that some kids may have. Uh, <laughs> enjoyed. They took it. They took it. Yeah, it was not with permission. I did almost. What, what age? Don't know. Like teenagers. I, no, I, like uh, sixteen, I would I say. Almost, but the, I almost brawled with them. Also, you did. You recall that? Uh, brawled or uh, he did have a push up. <laughs> Contest. I, I saw a video of a oh. contest. Were, they, were these like Jewish kids who yeah. were there for yeah, a vacation? Yeah, yeah. He was a br- yeah. pretty big kid. That was yeah. Yeah. He said something like, "I'm an athlete," and I was like, "Oh, you're an athlete." And I got up in his face, and uh, he wanted to race. And I said, "I'm not racing. Let's do push-ups instead." He well, got, but what, he got crushed, like <laughs> literally crushed, crushed. Me. killed. Me. <laughs> but what part of it, like, like why do they feel they can just take the alcohol? Probably when Jordan said you could take it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what happens in Mexico stays in Mexico, except but, for this conversation, I guess. <laughs> okay, Josh, okay, we're done. I'll let you off easy there, yeah. We'll, uh, go, we'll get back to it later at some point. How was Miami? Miami was crowded. It was, it was fine. Weather was okay. You yeah. sound de- you so- I've never heard someone sound to- so depressed when they're discussing their family um, vacation. No, it was great. It was just like it was very chilled. We didn't do much. Hold on. Same thing as usual because yeah. we covered this last year. Same thing. Lunch. Everything. You order. order. No one else has a choice. Swimming pool. No, people did their own thing. People were okay. Dinner. Thing. You went dinner early. Yeah. Uh, no, six thirty. <laughs> that's pretty early. <laughs> Not really. Six thirty. I think. Early. I think it's early. So. Yeah, that's no, your good. kids are older. For dinner. Yeah, that's early. I think so. Well, it, it all depends. When was your like previous meal? We used to eat at like five thirty. No, no, no. Oh, I'm oh, saying like lunch. Like, is lunch at one 12, o'clock? Twelve thirty-one. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're hungry then. Yeah. Because yeah. some people have lunch at like two thirty. Right, right, no, no, no. Yeah. Did no. your kids I'm have very a good scheduled. time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And did you? Would you say you had fun? <laughs> um. Yeah. 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 I think I had fun. What was the? I don't think most Josh fun has ever had fun. aspect of the trip. <laughs> it was just like it was very relaxing. Right. Yeah. That's fun for me to relax. Right. Just to do nothing. I don't like doing anything. That's great. Yeah. You swam. I swam with a cap. With a cap. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Y'all, what was it like staying home this year? I enjoyed it. City emptied out, less lines, um, shorter wait times at Rocket Slice. Okay. <laughs> I'm the only person people say, oh, come with us. Actually, I had a, a friend of mine who was going to Cancun. Oh, by the way, you were supposed to come to the party. Yeah. I, I was mad at you for, I would say, a couple hours. Until you got to the party and like, okay, this is cool. It's fine. I'm having fun. Right. Yeah, so he like invited me. I'm like, I can go like 51 weeks out of the year. Like, why choose the one week when it's crowded? Right. Like, I can just go there when it's empty, you know, because when I say I can go there, not because I'm retired, uh, actually, very hard worker. Um, but, you know, I don't have any kids who are in elementary school. So, you know, they don't have winter break and they had an extended weekend. So I took my kids to a couple basketball games and uh, had a good time. The truth is, we, I, I came back on Thursday, which was before winter yeah. break ended. I thought it was great. Like, I love being here when no one's here. Yeah. I, I really thought it was like, Jewel was empty, streets seemed emptier. It's like Pesach. Yeah. Pe- Pesach here is great. It's, it's great. like this summer in New York, in, in the city. Oh, yeah. yeah everyone right, no, Everyone leaves. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we're a little off kilter. I'm going to bring us back to focus. Please. Okay. We're done with winter break. Okay. Now we could formally introduce, hold on, a little intro music. I put a toothbrush, some toothpaste. <laughs> 
And we have with us Dr. Naftali Brenner. Is that like a jingle? What was that? Uh, it's Tempted by Squeeze. You never oh. heard the song? No. You ever see Reality Bites? I did. It's from there. Oh. I don't think it's from there. I think it was released years prior. I know, but that's where it's where it was made more famous. Okay. Naftali Brenner, doctor. Oh, you also go by Jason at work. I do. Prominent dentist in the community. Originally, also, like our last guest, from Brooklyn, right? From Brooklyn. Okay, so, Naftali, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You see, First of all, you seem a little nervous. A I'm little totally anxious. not. I'm, I'm anxious? anxious about some of the questions. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, so he's anxious. <laughs> so we're going to get into that. No one is ever comfortable around Jordan and a microphone. So. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. And he, you never know what's on his phone. I like, like that. Picture like, or <laughs> I like that, like, jean sweatshirt you got on. Thank you. Yeah, let's talk about that. You seem yeah. very comfortable. I am I'm always a man What, what brand is that? I think it's Talentless. Okay. Do you want to tell, okay, you've been <laughs> bragging about this a lot. There's a company called Vuri, right? Yes. Okay. What number customer were you? I was, I think the guy in the store told me I might have been customer number one, which I thought what, was pretty. What's Vuri? <laughs> I've never even heard of it. It's like an, like, athleisure. Like, really. Right? They just opened a store in Old Orchard. They're, and, they're really coming. And that's where you were the number one customer? Or is not that, number is that one. Sure, no, Vuri? I'm saying the no. first, the pants, first customer. The pants are. Actually, so it's like Lululemon, like a ripoff type store. Yeah, kind of. Okay. But it's really comfortable. You're saying at the old orchard location, you were the first customer. No, 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 no. Online, they saw when I ordered. The company's been around for seven years. I think I bought like the pants like six and a half years ago. Was oh. that the same so, like, guy that told you he was the Peloton, Peloton <laughs> yeah. doctor? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, it's okay. literally what George said. You know, that was totally. Now, totally since you're a dentist, you're yeah. always in like your dental getup. I am. And stuff I don't like have that. to dress. Have, I, right. I don't. So I have, have no clothes. clothes. You have nothing else. Nothing right? else. I don't own a button-down shirt. Do you wear a mask when you uh, are working or no? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think dentists were like the only ones who right. did wear masks before. <laughs> but yeah, I wore masks before. It's right. not like you not, know, not a COVID thing. Not well, a COVID. No, thing. A bird I think thing. it's more gross. Like if I had my breath on top of right, right. I don't know. Don't know. Okay, and so I actually have the brush. Let's talk about how you became a prominent dentist. Going back your childhood, you grew up in Brooklyn. Where in Brooklyn? Because I, we just heard about this place I, called Kensington. Right. So Brooklyn is made up of like little sublets. There's Kensington, Borough Park. Midwood, Madison. I grew up in Madison, like the border of Madison and Midwood. And so, how would you describe that community? It's uh, it's like a regular Brooklyn community. I don't know. Naftali, let's yeah. talk a little bit about your childhood. So, Naftali, where did you uh, attend elementary school? Yeshiva Torah Summers Kamenetz. Just from the sound of it, it sounds very yeshivish. It Was does. that the case? So, it's actually like a... It's, inter- it's hard to explain because it is a yeshiva, but it's not like... The yeshiva, yeshiva is like Torah Tamima or where Maish Blonder went to like Tafaris Alimalech. I wouldn't say it's that yeshivish, but okay. it's not like yeshiva Flatbush, you know, so it's not a co-ed or like Mizrahi, which is more of a Mizrahi school. Okay. So I went there because the principal was Rabbi, Rabbi Elias Schwartz. Very famous. Very famous sure. principal. And my grandfather was in his class in Torvadas. Torvadas, I would say Kamenetz was on the same level as Torvadas, okay. like same type of yeshiva. Got it. So that's why I ended up in Kamenetz for elementary school. Right. <clears throat> Historical question for uh, for uh, Jordan. Was Tarvadas was more of like a community yeshiva back in the day? I don't know. I think like all yeshivas. I think all. I think all yeshivas the, were because the, they need. They wanted right. to get. There students. were too many places. It was right. that or public school. It was. Right. The, there was two yeshivas in, in Brooklyn. The first two yeshivas were Tarvadas and Tarzamas. Those uh, were the first two. Yeshivas. Maybe there was one all the way out in. But I'm saying actually Borough Park. Those Heimberlin were the, the Brooklyn. Was elsewhere. Heimberlin, was, was Heimberlin like around? Bensonhurst but or something? It, possibly. I don't know. 
Okay. Now so, it's on yeah. Coney Island. I'm saying as years went along, obviously other institutions correct, opened up. Correct. But but this was my sort of my mother always said when yeah. when the Hungarians came, that's when it became very um, more yeshivish. What the old Brooklyn wasn't like wasn't yeshivish. They were they were very normal. Torvadas were, were very normal. I think once the Hungarians came, they brought a lot of. Um, the yeshiva, Hasidish type of Heimish type of thing to Brooklyn. That's right, like for it, Rabbi Elias Schwartz, for example, was a Torah Dabbadaz graduate, but he was he was the rabbi of a correct. young Israel. He, he had no okay. beard. Same thing with Rabbi Scherer. He, he he didn't have a beard. He was beardless. He was from that generation. The style before. was a mustache. Cur- yeah. One of the reasons here why we brought you on is because I've heard stories over the years. I've heard some of your, kind of your personality was kind of, I would say influenced or kind of came about developed based on your early childhood experiences, primarily in school. And I think it's a topic that's, that's worth exploring and it's important. And I think there's actually interesting historical context behind it, but you know, maybe if you could share a little bit about what some of your experiences were like, I guess, starting in first grade, perhaps. I really don't want to use years because there are, there are some people in the, like who might know who I'm talking about. So I don't want to. Okay, like... so let's say let's say <laughs> so maybe maybe start by you know obviously I, you come I, into a school, you know I know you know Yoel, Josh and I have all spoken about our experiences, which I think were primarily positive ones, either in Salman Shekhtar or Hilatora. What was it like for you as a young student in school? I was I was very small, like very very small, so and very shy, so. I had a Rebbe who didn't think I belonged in in the class. He didn't think I belonged there. I don't. I think I was one of a couple. He didn't because you were me. too small. I don't. Know. I think he looked at me and was like, "This kid doesn't belong in this grade. Like it doesn't make sense." Okay. So he's like, "All right, you're not getting a seat." So I stood for like the first uh, seven months, and if I raised my hand, like Wait. now you're like jumping of whatever grade it is. Like, Wait, hold on. Hold on. What, what do you mean you didn't have a seat? Like a chair? A no, desk, nothing. nothing. No chair. He wouldn't let you was sit. That? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Officially, I was not part of his class. I and just, you went home. You told your parents. You tell no, I had this? no idea. I thought it was normal. Like I didn't know. I think there was one or two other other kids were with me in the back. And um, you raise your hand and no, he would like like skip over. You know, like he wouldn't. Right. He wouldn't. I, I'm just trying to. You know, Picture the room. Were these desks or De- chairs like, at tables? Uh, desks. That's for so there. Let's say there were twenty-five kids in the class. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there were like twenty-two desks set up there. Yeah. And there were probably other desks. It, it wasn't. Yeah. Like was an there excuse. a desk for you that you were not allowed to sit in, or were there's no desks? He may up? or may not have moved the desks out of the Does classroom, <laughs> and I stood in the back. I think, I, I, from what I remember, but you didn't realize the time that was. Weird. No, I didn't. I thought it was normal. Like you didn't come home and be like, "Mom, I didn't." No. Okay. I think my my. You were, do you think you were too young or too shy? I think it, probably probably a mixture of both. But um, I know I came home and I think my mother asked me like, "Who who do you sit next to?" I was like, "Oh, I don't sit." She's like, "What do you mean you don't sit?" I was like, "I never got a seat." What was this like? Was it was this like the first week of school? Like at what point? No, was this I think it was like a like a couple months in. I think maybe like two or three months. <laughs> so in. what happened that when you told your mom that? My my mother's like, what? I think she ended up calling the school. Well, and also, just physically standing for that long is not easy when you're that no, when you're a kid. I, I it's was, hard to do that. I was scrappy. It was like a little, you know, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't really, re- I just remember not having a seat. So you basically spent the entire year he, at a formative young age. Correct. Standing. Correct. Not talking. Not talking. Now, were there t- parent-teachers conferences at this school or, or nothing There like were. That? There were. So when your parents came in to I think to meet the Rebbe, it's like, oh. It probably got solved probably before He's the like, first parent. He sits right there. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I had to ask. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, it was also English. A lot of the English teachers were very, 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 very strict. I remember getting duct taped to the chair. Like if you moved a little bit too much, like the duct tape came out and you got duct tape. And these were obeying me? This was a Mora, actually. Now, yeah. now, now these teachers, what were their ages? And I was, so, were they so the, teaching for like 50 years? That's, that's the thing. And they were and teaching and since like the 40s? The, or? For sure. Like we're by Elias Schwartz. Who, so I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I was in David Harmon's house once and he had Ramosha Hilla Hirsch here. And I think someone asked him what element, because he grew up in Brooklyn, he's like, or or and to, give, or and to give context, this is he's the Rosh Hashiva Slobodka. Yeah, how, he's probably, he's probably in his up, upper 80s, upper 80s perhaps yeah. early 90s, yeah. a great so, you know, rabbinic figure in yeah. Israel. Someone asked him, where do you go to, to elementary school? And he's like, I went to Yeshiva Torah Samus Kamenetz. I was like, oh, I went there. He's like, was Rabbi Elias Schwartz your principal? I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, he was my principal. Yeah. That was like the median age. Everyone, Every Rebbe was from a different generation. And, they, and it actually goes into... If you want to talk about it now, I could talk about exactly what happened, but I, we can go through more of Yeah, kind let's of the talk about it a little more before it, we talk about the context yeah. of how this is occurring. So, so you, let's say, you for months on end, you didn't have a seat, you weren't called on. Was there any physical kind of so, abuse at that so point? I, I no, no, like sexual, like not that I. I'm sure it went on because it went on probably in a lot of yeshivas, especially in Brooklyn, but it was more physical and physical abuse. That's what I would. That's what I would say. So at that age, that's and, in class? And, and again, I don't think Torah Samus was any different than Chaim Berlin. Physical abuse, meaning like standing up or like hitting you with rulers. So so I had a second grade Rebbe. My parents actually knew that he was abusive. So they switched me to the other class who was also abusive. Just he was much like he wasn't openly abusive. Like kids weren't actually getting seriously hurt in his class. My second grade Rebbe... My parents didn't let. It, they took me out of the class because they heard he was abusive. So, sorry, yeah, I know I don't mean to cut you off. But when you say seriously hurt, what does that mean? Okay, so <laughs> there is one kid who who was a big troublemaker. So the rebbe was sick and tired. Threw him down the stairs, broke his arm. So he came back to yeshiva and he's like sitting there with. And it was the old school and cast. With saw like, this. this oh, is not oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be honest with you. A lot of the parents. That's what they grew up with, so they kind of encouraged it. Like they, they would let their kids get hit because that's how you were you should, taught. You, you should know? have behaved. You should have behaved. You, well, you know, I, getting hit is like it's all bad. But okay, throwing a kid down the stairs, yeah, let, and let him finish the story. Well, sorry, 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 sorry. So he came back to yeshiva and he started making trouble again. And the rebbe threw him down the stairs again and broke his other arm. So for six weeks he st he sat in the front of the class, and you know those like old school yeah, with, with like with, the bars that would like up. holds it yeah. up. And he just sat there for like six weeks, I think. With Did you know this kid? Yes. How is he today? I'm Not. Curious. He's a drug addict. He he. Had, if my yeshiva and Torvadas, we can go through the class and see how many people have committed suicide, how many have had you know fell into the fentanyl crisis, you know, and, and died of drug overdoses. There's many more than a, more than a handful. I would say, I would say from this from, time from, from these, this time from period. the people that were in those classes. Correct. Yeah. And then what was your experience? You, you started bringing up the second grade Rebbe sec and what started happening to you. Because obviously, the, the whatever it was earlier, it seems like obviously a very kind of mental, emotional abuse situation. But when did the physical stuff start? Physical with with myself? Yeah. Or it, we would find it funny to get hit, you know? I don't think I was ever seriously beaten. 
by a Rebbe, but I did witness other children. So when, you, when you say seriously, I, I, could you describe for us what would be normal? Because obviously this, so, this oh, is not normal for so, us. For I know. I, I, I say being for, taped to a chair. And I, I want to say something. Like I, I feel like this is normal to me. I don't know. I know in Chicago when I talk to kids who went to Harry Crown, they're like, it's never happened. Like, it's crazy. I know some of the, you know, other kids who went to other yeshivas in this area did experience some right. so, some type of abuse. So I thought it was normal growing up. He's to, I used to talk about it with my brother all the time. You know, I thought it was normal. So he, what, he, your brother was older or younger? Older. And he went through the same thing you he did? He was, I think he got it worse because he was a big, he was a troublemaker. So he really, they, I'll tell you, the, the, the yeshiva went through a transition when I was there to try to get rid of these rebellion. But right. So what was the school's position on it? In other words, I under, not I understand, but I'm just saying, so uh, Rebbe has to hit a kid, you know, to to keep him in line. So he hits him. He hits him with a ruler. He hits him this and that. He maybe makes him cry this and that. But, but like, there's a difference between that and throwing someone down the I stairs. Think, you know what I'm saying? Uh, correct. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Right. Yeah. What did so but, what, what did you see in the classroom? What did I see? Okay. So actually, the the second raid Rebbe that I got switched to, my parents thought was like not as abusive. He used to drag one kid by like the pace and like throw him under the desk and kick him for like three hours straight, like under the table. So that was, or like throw someone in the garbage can and keep them in the garbage can for the whole class. Like that's the type of stuff that kind of went on. You you saw this happen first right, time. Yeah. And, and the kids were like turning around, looking at your, your classmate, like sort of like giggling and laughing about it. Or was everyone like petrified? No, I think when we were younger, maybe, maybe a little scared, but as, when we got older and we were able to hand, like kind of fight back, it got to a point where they held on to some of these rebellion for so long. Like one of them clearly had like dementia problems. So I remember in seventh grade, we actually got a chance to like fight back and kids would get into like fist fights with their, with their rebellion. So, so you, you mentioned that the parents tried to get together to get these rebellion so out of there. Is that? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say that. No. I wouldn't say that. I had one, I'll tell you one thing, my, what my father did. I, I remember I had a, a fourth grade rebbe who was really psychotic, like really psychotic. I think he was a, probably a survivor. There was something wrong. He used to. He had the the neatest handwriting in the world. I could, I'm telling you, he used to come in two hours before yeshiva started, and start writing whatever he was teaching on the blackboard. The whole blackboard in the neatest handwriting, and if he messed up on the last letter of the of what he was writing, he'd erase the entire pla- blackboard, like every everything. <laughs> he would go to, so he was he was particularly. Well, like, that's that's like OCD mental. No, he was like, mentally yeah, ill. That's... Like, there's no question. Actually, there's a therapist in this city. So, would you guys who... like play with the blackboard sometimes? We would. We no. We would. We would. Right. He would. He would constantly hit. So it was already fourth grade. I think we we're able to take it a little bit more. You know, the abuse a little bit more. I think we did play around and see who can get like, you know, punched or hit or whatever it was. He used to. He used to yell fingerspiel. Like if you saw you playing with your fingers. And you would have to hold your fingers out, oh, and you yeah, hit, hit it, hit it with, with the ruler, ruler. You know. So, was there ever a thought amongst so, the sorry the 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 kids in the class like to just get together and just beat the hell out of the out of the <laughs> rebbe? I think I'll be honest with you. When I get, when one of the rebbeims that I had that I had really young, they were running out of rebbeim, and they had to move him to like an older class. I think when we were in seventh grade. And at that point, like my friend, my I had some crazy friends there, like really crazy. <laughs> they would, they would really like get into it, fist fight, like punching in the face, and like like really crazy, like really <laughs> real craziness, you know. So I think in the younger grades, they were really were able to take advantage and really beat beat down on some of these kids. Some of these kids get really like beaten, beaten, black eyes, beaten. 
Like so, really so knocked what, out, unconscious, you broken arms, broken arms. Yeah, for for sure, for sure. And the parents are just totally cool with it. So I'll tell you about the yeshiva a little bit. So before I, you do that, tell us about your experience that you started in fourth grade with oh, your father. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this one Rebbe actually, I came home with a bruise one day. And my my father asked me like, "What happened?" And I said, "The Rebbe, I think the Rebbe punched me, maybe in the phone <laughs> somewhere." So he's like, "What?" So the next day he brought me down, and this was already Rebbe Elias Schwartz kind of stepped down. He was old. If you think he about died, it, he died. In he died pretty recently, and but he was over. He was uh, ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. So when I had him in 1993, maybe, 1992, he was, you know, still almost pretty 80. old, almost 80. So Rabbi Respler came in. He was, his goal was to take the yeshiva and make it more yeshivish. That was, that was his plan, which it ended up becoming. Now it's like a top yeshiva in Brooklyn. I mean, it's a very popular yeshiva in Brooklyn. But that was his goal, to kind of okay. clean house and start fresh. Start, you know, he didn't think it was acceptable that the kids were getting beaten so that was his job to come in and kind of clean up so i remember sitting in robert wrestler's office and my father made him bring in this rebbe and he said what happened and he said something about it. he was misbehaving so animally he's like if you touch my son one more time i'm gonna break both your arms and i never saw someone like that scared before <laughs> and i never got hit after that were you in so, the room when that happened i was oh, yeah that's amazing yeah. that's really amazing so i'll tell you what the yeshiva was about and why I think they were able to take advantage of a lot of these kids. Kamenetz as a whole, from its inception, was very big on taking refugees. So my father was a refugee, and he had a lot of akar stove to the yeshiva that took him into care of, or Elijah Schwartz took, took him in and took care of him. And I think that continued into the 90s, which there was a big influx of Russian Jews and of Iranian Jews. So a lot of these kids came from homes that were kind of like you know had nothing they were immigrants had no jobs had no money and i think they were easy targets they, they the parents didn't speak the language they they were just easy targets they weren't going to complain exactly and even they did their, their parents they may have come from some countries maybe some middle eastern countries where that, that was normal to like hate your kids or you know so Naftali, tell me this. Um, obviously, some of these rebaim that you had were older already, right. and maybe some of the behavior had been experienced by, let's say, your parents, you know, generation, mm -hmm. and certainly in their day, you know, I, I assume more many European. Who the rebaim? The rebaim, yeah, yeah. So they were many, European, and that was maybe me maybe educational tactics in Europe. But why were they still teaching in the 1990s? So, so many of them were from Kamenets. Like they came with, um, I think it was Ruben Grzovsky. Yeah, and Rebarch Well, the Rashiva right. was Rebarch Bear's, um, right. I think, son-in-law. Father, father yes. yeah. yeah. So a lot of them, yeah, what, what were you saying? What was the question? I was saying that why were the, I guess oh, so, could, the context of the question is why were they still teaching in the so, 90s? So actually, I just heard this from my cousin who's a therapist, who my mother never really believed us that we were kind of beaten as as kids. So when my cousin was here, he he was in my class. He actually confirmed it. He was like, no, this this all went on. And he said that later on in life, he was very close to Rabbi Respler, who was the new Menahal of the yeshiva. He asked him, like, what's the deal? Like, what, why, why were those people allowed to be, teach in, in the classroom? So he said his job, Rabbi Ressler said his job was to come in and f get rid of the old, fire them, and hire new Rebbeim to take the, to, and make the, make into a real yeshiva. Who hired him? Was it the board? Was it I think it was the board. A, a wealthy parent? I think was it was it? the board. I think the board kind of hired him knowing that he, he was going to be the guy to take, 
the yeshiva to the next level. Okay. Get rid of some of these old rabbim who were teaching. Oh, was, was the board similar to like the Ari Crown board, like let's say like mm-hmm. active parents, or is it just people no. like who went to the yeshiva it was 30 it was years probably ago? Prominent pe- people. I would assume like Rarissa told my cousin, he said that he fired them all day one. He, he came into the yeshiva, brought them into the office, said, you're all, you're all gone. You know, you're, this type of stuff shouldn't go anymore. You shouldn't be hitting kids. You shouldn't be doing, you know, you're all fired. And they brought a class action lawsuit against them because the yeshiva never set up a pension fund from, for them. So they couldn't fire them. They had to basically wait till they, he was in like this holding period where like he couldn't do anything to get rid of these crazy rebellion. And he was sitting there ha- dealing with some parents who were losing their mind because their kids were getting beaten. And he was in a very bad position, so he didn't know what to do. And it got to a point where a couple of them were really demented and had to be let go. So I think it took a while. Now the yeshiva is unbelievable. I mean, so unfortunately, unbelievable unfortunately, you I think were at the I tail actually, end. I actually think Rabbi Muller was the principal of of the yeshiva before that, he came to— That could be accurate. I think so. Not sure. We'll have I to fact-check that. Yeah, fact-check that. But so basically you you were the tail end I was of the that tail era. End, yeah. So you're, we pre- you're, those classes kind of bore the brunt of the situation. I would, you have I would say that, yeah. that were primarily European may have gone through a lot of trauma during the war. Correct. We're still teaching six Correct. years later. Correct. Have thought they were going to retire already and are stuck teaching Correct. and are taking it out on the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that in sprinkled in between some of the really awful rebam were some pretty incredible rebam. So like who I didn't have actually one. <laughs> One of the rooms were Shimon Sugar. Do you know? Do you know no. who he was? He, this guy was like a real sadic. Every time after he, after the class, he would go into the into the farm closet, like a little two by two room, and you would see him leave at like seven o'clock at night. He would stay there the whole day and learn. These they were. He ended up going to MTJ, I mm-hmm. think, and and. And he was just after me. Like I, I know you ago. said it was sort of like the norm, and yeah. the parents and the kids just kind of accept it. Was there ever a time or ever a situation where you may have been? you know, abused physically or mentally that you're just like, you know, it's, it's like, you couldn't take it. Like, this is not, this is not normal. I'm not, this is not how so it should be. I don't, I don't think so. I think later on in life, I realized it was really crazy when I talked to other people and they're like, that's really doesn't sound so normal. Among, among but, your peers talking but, about, let's say when you're ninth, 10th grade, you, I, at that point you weren't looking back and saying that was insane right? because all of you guys went through it. Kind of. So it was yeah. the norm for everybody. Yeah. And I think every yeshiva my age kind of went through this type of abuse, even those a little bit older than, than, than I am. I think if you ask those those kids from the other yeshivas, they probably went through it too. And I'm sure, you know, after all all that, during the, the late 90s, I think you had kind of that whole sexual abuse coming out in Brooklyn. With I'm assuming there was some of that too going on. I don't know. I never, it never happened to me, so I don't know. So I can't speak of that for that. I, I just know that it did happen in other yeshivas in Brooklyn. I never heard of anything out of comments, but it was, a, it was the era of like that, where you had the schools right. and it was going unchecked, you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and obviously looking back with you, you can see differently than you were at the time. But how do you think? Like, at what point do you think that kind of that experience started affecting you? Let's say you know, let's say in high school you didn't stay. They had a high school there, yeah, but you went elsewhere. I did. So how you know what was that like being a student now going into different environments? I think I went to an equally equally crazy of a high school. After that, with physical abuse, I don't think physical abuse. I think the kids were actually crazy, so um, it wasn't a normal experience till I went to till I went to Yeshiva Rockaway, which was incredible and had an incredible rebellion. But did you did you bounce around Yeshivas? Were you I 
I might have been a little bit of a troublemaker at my first high school and it didn't really work out. When you say the kids are crazy, what does that mean? It was chaos. Chaos. <laughs> chaos. Like chaos. in school, out of school? In in school, Doing chaos. what? what like, misbehave? Like, what do yeah, you, you mean? Yeah, you got to give me some examples. Light, lighting fireworks yeah. in school. Right. Um, Beating people up in no, school. No, like, uh, like examples. We used to play, um, like, chicken with the with the Rashiva's chair. So you would sit, you would sit in his in his office chair with your legs up on his chair, and until he came into the office, and you were like, "Get up!" and you know. So like, I was. That, I, I mean, that sounds disrespectful. No, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but like, this was a this was a normal. There was no learn. There was no learn. There was no classes. There was no learning. It was it was chaotic. It was chaotic. There was fire alarms being pulled every single day. Um, so more like childish pranks. Childish pranks, but it was the entire. Yeshiva. There was no, not no, once. That, that's a lot. I there mean, was not yeah. one serious. They used to. Uh-huh. I'll give you an example. They used to. They realized. Figure we were in an old church. They figured out that if you put a bagel into a microwave for like seven minutes, the entire <laughs> building fills up with a thick smoke that you can't see an inch in front of you. I'm talking about like an inch. So it was happening so often that the yeshiva was like this thick cloud of smoke. The manal timed on the microwave how long it would take. Till the bagel burnt and filled up with smoke, and he's like, "It's illegal to put your bagel in the microwave for longer than this amount of time." So, like, the smoke would fill up the yeshiva, then the fire alarm would, would pull, and and anytime they pulled the fire alarm, I think legally you're required to wait for the for the fire department to come down. So the whole yeshiva would be out. Of and this it. happened every day. Every I would say at least four times a week. It was a good app. <laughs> a good, yeah. Oh my god, it was nuts. They were plant. They were like trying to find this. It was. It was really. It was so chaotic. How, how, when when this is all chaotic, I'm assuming you got kicked out at some point. I did. Okay. Yes. So how do you get kicked out when the entire place <laughs> so, is chaotic? So my my mother always said that. It's like, how did you? You're like you were like the least crazy of the crazies. Like how? I don't know. I think it was luck. Of, it was the type of thing where I think the manal got up and said like the next time the fire alarm was pulled. You're out of yeshiva, and I was like, I pulled it, I think, and and uh, and I was out. I was out with, and and at that time also, I was out with nowhere to go for a month and a half. I had nowhere to go. And was, what grade was this? I think it was eleventh grade, right after nine eleven. Uh-huh. So Where were you for nine eleven? I was in Staten Island. I was right across the water. So you that I have PTSD from from like my wife will tell you anytime there's a plane so, flying so we'll I'm to, like that plane looks really low. <laughs> so we'll get to that PTSD, but you're saying you don't you don't think you have PTSD <laughs> yeah, from, I was the, say that. from the no I I from the kid under the desk being kicked for three hours well, and I, like I breaking off. I think you can clearly see that. I mean, the reason why he failed as a medical doctor and he's only a dentist is obviously. By the way, you should know, like my my father was like classic. European or growing up he would always say like when I was in dental school he's like you just did like two years of dental school you think maybe you can switch switch the medical medical school now <laughs> so I was like that's not isn't it harder to get into like dental school uh, I don't know it's Jordan it's you, you know that, is, is it not more sure. not sure okay. no I'm um, sure it, so tell it okay so so Take us through 9-11, because I'm sure that's a trend. Obviously, that was, that was a was, very traumatic, that transformative was really, experience. Where were you? Because Staten Island, obviously, is right across. Staten Island is right across the Verrazano. The Verrazano Bridge. Correct. And we were also in a weird part of Staten Island. We weren't in, like, the from part of Staten Island. 
Could you? Can, well, we don't, none you, of us know the geography. Anything? What happened? Did you hear it at all or no? No, no, okay, no. So but I could see. I was saw. We saw the build. The the buildings burning on fire. On fire. Yeah. Did you see the second plane going? No, I didn't see any planes. But I could tell. I, we were at the corner store. And you weren't obviously not in so, yeshiva. No. So, let, no, right. so let's start like this. So I, I think, think, I, think you, I think the first plane hit around eight forty-five. Eight forty-five, right after right after Shachris, I think. Before Shachris, we went to the corner store. I think you know, like cigarettes and drinks or whatever. But you were twenty-one class. or eighteen. Yeah. Uh, before yeshiva started, and some like homeless guy was like, "You want to buy this radio?" And my friend's like, "Yeah, let's let's buy the radio." You know, so we brought the radio, we dove in, and then we plugged it in to see if it worked. And I think it was eight eight forty-five. And the first plane hit, and we're like, okay. I looked outside, it was clear blue skies, clear blue, beautiful day, September day. So you just happened to buy a radio, ha- turn on the happened, radio. Happened, happened. <laughs> sounds like, happened, by the way, by the way, by the way, what point? I want to take away from here. I know, all over again. I know, and, and what part I, of you would say, like, oh, we turn, let's see if the right. radio works. We turn on the radio, and it says a build, uh, uh, an airplane just flew into the World Trade well, Center. You, like, the, my first thought would be like, oh, it's obviously broken. But, by the way, this is not real life. The first time that a plane hit a building in Manhattan. Do you remember there was, was a, a there was a pitcher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was that? Small plane. Yeah. Um, who yeah. was the pitcher? What was his name? He was on Cleveland. I forget. No, he was yeah. on the Yankees. Not he was on the Yankees years before. Right? Yeah, it was yeah, right yeah. before. So, so when I it wasn't heard, like when right. you you weren't like okay. No, but it's funny went, that the second right. you put the radio on, yeah. the plane hit. Yeah. So uh, or it may have hit before, and we heard them talking right. about it. And one of the rebbeim in the yeshiva, his wife was in the second tower. The second tower to get hit. I don't know what that was. If the north, right. south, I don't know which one. Um, so he was on the phone with her, and so what? What time was this? I'm sorry. When, probably when like around the radio? Nine, probably around nine o'clock. Okay, so it was after. It was right before this. It was before the second one, or before the second one. Okay, I just remember his name is Rabbi Landsberg. His wife would work and worked in the second tower, and she was saying that when she was in the building, they were playing on the loudspeakers. Stay where you are. Don't. Don't go out, you know, just stay because it was an emergency situation. They didn't want people running around, I guess. Yeah. He's like, get out of there. Like, what if the building falls onto your building? Like, just get out of there. So she made it. I think she was working on the 70th floor, I think it was. And she ran down, and I think, right after she... Her building got hit. Her building got wow. hit, and she ended up making it out. I do know a couple people that didn't make it out. but um, So at what point do you go outside not until after the second building hit, because when the first building got hit, right, we didn't like think fluke. it was. Yeah, we thought it was really like new. Right. Yeah, it was. It didn't make sense. They didn't know it was a big plane. You know, it was no, a big. Right, plane. Right. They didn't have. They didn't have. They didn't think it was. I don't think they thought it was a terrorist attack until the second plane it was hit. Some private plane that or flew something. In there. You know, so I don't think it was a big deal till the second plane hit. Okay, and then you go outside, and what do you see? Well, after the second plane hit, we walked. We walked down. We were in Clove Lake Park, which is actually right on the water. So if you walked uh, to the corner of the Shiva and then walked like three blocks down, Staten Island's very hilly. Like, so you could see the entire lower Manhattan. So we saw papers. There were actually papers flying into Staten Island. Right. So you saw a lot of papers coming, a lot of smoke, a lot, a lot of burnt papers just flying all over the place. And you were just watching in disbelief? Just watching it in disbelief. Yeah, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And you saw the building fall? I did. We didn't see it. I think we went after they fell. Like we didn't, even when the second plane hit, I think, like you right, should have started I, and like because right, I think a lot of the the debris and all the papers and was, all that was after was like Brooklyn yeah through Staten like Island. the air was right. smoky where you were yeah you did smell you did smell it in the air for sure I mean it was a huge building on fire you smelled it um, the other thing was we were stuck in Staten Island we were all from Brooklyn and we, it was not a dorm yeshiva so we were all thinking like what 
what are we going to do? We're stuck here. We have no way. And the ferry wasn't working? Nothing. Everything was shut down. Bridges, tunnels, everything. You couldn't, you couldn't go oh, anywhere. You couldn't walk across. It, it was only out. People were able to you walk out of Manhattan. You couldn't go. No, because you saw oh, pictures Manhattan. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People Man- did walk right. over. But, but I think Manhattan has, the bridges have like walkways to kind right. of walk over. Stat- Verizon Bridge is huge. It's the longest. Sure. Longest suspension bridge in the world. I think one of the longest. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I think that. The, aren't you the trivia guy? He doesn't you know, know anything. This. He does. He Googles I it. It's a very But I'm going to guess that it's 100% not true what you just said. It's, I, I no, think for something. a time it was like the longest suspension bridge. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know. Okay. I'm not taking your word for it. <laughs> Fact check it. Okay. Fact check. The Verrazano Bridge is currently the 18th longest suspension bridge in the world. In 2001, it was the sixth longest suspension bridge in the world. It is, however, the longest suspension bridge in the United States. So, Naftali, so you walk home? No, 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 no. We didn't walk home. Uh, there's a fame. There's a famous. How far is that? I've never it's, been to Staten Island. It's too way too no far. Idea. You can't. You can't walk it. Wait, how much did you pay for that radio? Do you remember? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. I wasn't me that bought it. It was someone else. I didn't buy it. I did buy a disposable camera when I heard that the buildings were on fire and we were getting a police escort over the Verrazano Bridge. So if you ever gone over the Verrazano, you could actually look across to down to Lower Manhattan. So I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to take pictures. Totally lost that camera. I have no idea where it went. I feel like I had some good pictures there, but lost it. Wait, so you got police escort? <laughs> I don't know. So You know what? Worst things happen that day. <laughs> That's I don't know true. Sorry, lost the camera. No, I don't know. I could have like, I I could have like sold it. And traumatic, I could have like sold it to like, empathize to like Time Magazine or something. I don't know. People that died. Yes. <laughs> All right, so you're stuck in Staten Island. Yeah, so Noah Deer, who was the assemblyman back there, then he arranged a police escort for our buses to take us back to Brooklyn, which is actually really cool. The highways were completely empty. There was no one on the streets. It was very creepy looking. And what it time was this? It looked like apocalyptic. And what time was this? I think it was like 2.30 or 3, I would say. And I didn't know. My my father worked under the world. His One of his exits to get off was under the World Trade Center. Happened to be Slichos that week right and there was a bris in the neighborhood and a lot of people went in late so like he would have gotten out under there at 8 30 for sure were, were you listening had... to the radio the entire no. day until then or are you guys like okay back in shiva yeah. nothing to see like no 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 hold on hold on you're you're playing this off like you heard buildings the buildings were hit you went outside there's debris all this stuff was that going through your mind at all like is my dad there no i didn't think about it at the time like only afterwards never my, occurred to you never occurred to me I was thinking, okay, my brother-in-law works in, in... But it did occur to you to buy a disposable camera? Yes. That, that it and a radio? And a radio. <laughs> and cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. That's all priority. Yeah. What type, what type of cigarettes in those days? When you're in uh, 10th grade, what was the go-to? You know, it was Brooklyn. like Cam- Cam- Oliver. No, like Camel Turkish Gold. <laughs> I think that was like the big one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm happy everything worked out for you yeah. that day. And that Noah Deer took care of you. You got yeah. home okay. You got home okay. You know, unfortunately, it all worked out. Sorry about the camera, of course. <laughs> I don't even know what to say here because comparing myself or you guys, I'm assuming, yo, you had your basketball career. I mean, just, <laughs> just going going from like psychotic, abusive no, elementary school so I, I, I to was... chaotic ninth, tenth grade to world seeing the World Trade Centers on fire. Like, at what point does this kind of hit home? I mean, and your behavior and everything's <laughs> out of control. 
I know camp. There was an incident in camp. You got yeah. thrown out of a camp. I did. Um, obviously, nothing your camp? fault. Which camp is this? It was Camp Kesser. Did camp you, Kesser. Did you possibly light a kid on fire? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you thought, I, you thought fire? You thought uh, I wanted to do my research. Oh, yeah, we were playing Everything around. Is, you know, we were, and, and, all, and, and all of a sudden, he's like surprised I was yeah. thrown out. Uh, until now, you were the victim, but at yeah. some point, you have to take responsibility <laughs> for your actions. Um, that was we were playing around. Playing <laughs> 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 around was the kid on fire playing around. He was. He woke up. I and I think we put a <laughs> he little was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you let a sleeping kid no. on fire. No, no, okay, no, no, before Natalia. No, before Natalia. No, no, Tell yeah. us this story. We have to uh, we have to you know give a little shout out to our sponsor. Aaron, cue the music. This episode is brought to you by Bows to Toes, the premier baby and children's clothing store in the Chicagoland area. This unique shop offers amazing baby gifts that are customizable, gift wrapped, and can be delivered right to your door. Check out their Instagram at Bows to Toes Boutique. Currently located at 3766 West Devon, they will be opening a new location at 6700 North Lincoln Avenue in the near future. Have an event coming up in Lincolnwood? Try out the new Christina Road Black Pleat Floral Set for only $312. <laughs> or try the new Chambray Lace Smock Blouse and Skirt for only $250. All profits from Bows to Toes and Old Orchard Smiles go to support the luxurious lifestyle of the Brenner family. Back to the story, Naftali. Tell us about setting a sleeping kid on fire. Okay, we sounds, didn't like, sounds like a fun game. No, if you fill, if you ever, you ever take like a a uh, deodorant bottle and red like or and like red garden, like spray it onto yeah. a lighter and like creates a like a torch, like a blue, yeah, yeah blue. Right. So we figured out that if you spray a bunch of that deodorant into a can, it becomes like a liquid, and that liquid kind of goes out once once it burns out. So it doesn't actually hurt the person. Problem is, he was sleeping on his bed, and his entire bed lit on fire, like <laughs> like sheets, everything. It was it was it went totally oh, haywire. Grab him off the bed, help him. Hold uh, on, hold on. What do you mean it doesn't hurt the person? He's on fire. No, no, no. It's it's like the it's like the deodorant is is on fire, not your actual. But you put that fire on someone. No, no. You, you don't like those weddings. No, 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 you no, guys no, like yeah. set their hat on yeah. fire. You like, think they're like so the, the fire is just burning? Oh, it's okay, burning. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. it's not like actually right. okay, that was okay. flammable, yeah. and then they just put out okay. the yeah. flammable his, part. So yeah. his, but his sheets went up in flames. His sheets did go up in flames. So were you surprised that a bed, sheet, a mattress caught on fire? Was that surprising? We were teenage kids. This, yeah, that camp was a pretty well. So did the kid himself get on? Was he lit on fire too? No, he wasn't. Just the bed. Like pretty was, lucky. Yeah, we're very lucky. So what did you do with the burning sheet and mattress? I think we, did you, I like, think we like throw took it outside? buckets of water and just dumped it. I think we had that. Maybe, maybe we were a little bit more responsible. And we had like water, water waiting for us. Case. Yeah, yeah. I don't Hopefully. think it was too. And how old were you at this at this uh, in this oh, camp? Jeez, like 16? eleventh grade, and okay. going into twelfth grade. So I think, no, 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 no. Going into eleventh grade. Okay. Going to Got through. it. Yeah. Naftali, at what point did you get your life together? And, 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 I mean, and, and I'm not putting any blame I'm, on you. I'm, I'm putting blame on listen. you for the lighting the kid on fire. But obviously, you went through a lot. I mean... Where'd you hear that from? Can I... N- can't tell you. Internet. Google. <laughs> you went through a lot. I'm, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I don't mean, feel... I don't feel like that, though. I know you guys... I mean, I just don't feel that way. Maybe I did. I guess I did. Okay. I guess so. You did. Even in high school... You know, some, I guess, maybe went to chaotic school. Some stayed on at that school. But were there kids that were turning out just like straight-A students from, you know, yeshivas commonates at your age? 
Everyone was you out had, of control, you, no. or was there kind you, of a balance? The ones that weren't on fentanyl, sure. Yeah. I, I, oh, that's but you know then. how you know You're how kids were already. Let me get, let me just you know you had blonder hair previously, and we t- and he kind of mentioned the Tanya Pizza. Yeah, I would say a majority of the ki- of the of the kids in my class at, in high school were hanging out over there. That's what I would say. We still don't exactly know what that means or why that's it's, a good or bad. No, thing, it's but like where the you know where the troubled kids would hang out. Kids that are like, like drop school high school dropping dropouts, at high school dropouts. You know, drug addicts. Drug addicts Stuff like that. They they were the nicest people. The owners used to let them in, let them up to the second floor, smoke their cigarettes, eat their pizza, you know, and and they were re- really really nice people and amazing pizza. Okay, so at the time you're maybe a little more straight than some of the other kids that were that yeah. came out from there. Yeah. And at what point do you like? I guess start thinking about a future, getting you know on your two feet, what you're going to do with life, not being upstairs at this pizza shop. <laughs> I was always had this fear of my parents, like always, like wanting to do, you know. What number were you in, in three. your family? I was the third. And you had what? Brothers, uh, older, older sister and older brother. And they were both straight? Like, no, my brother was certainly not straight. But my brother was the type that could, that did all wrong and but at the same time could do no wrong. Okay, wow. so, so I want to, I, I need to point something out. Is that yeah. I, before I walked in here tonight, I was actually on the phone with your brother. Stop it. And um, Stop. something that I should mention is that he did say that you're delusional <laughs> and, that, um, and that you make a lot of things up. <laughs> is there any truth to that statement? In what sense? I don't know. That's what he said. What did he say? Like, I, what, I, I, are you really a dentist? He said, he Do said, you have a dental degree? He, he used certain words to describe you in terms of getting beaten up at school and that I, I guess he kind of put it in a light that would be defamatory towards the male sex and and that I guess you, you're harping on it. Jordan, is, Jordan, did you go to the same... No, I, uh, I, I, did you go to the same what, uh, uh, winter I, vacation? Sure, you're not no. asking the questions. I am. And, and <laughs> I, I was not the one that said this. I'm horrified. But oh, I'm I, saying maybe it, for others I, in the position. I said that. I was. I prefaced that I didn't get large amount of beatings in the yeshiva. I didn't. I, I did get the the emotional abuse of not uh, in, when I was really young with the no seats and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're right. I didn't get beaten like other kids, and that's probably why I'm not on fentanyl or dead. I will counter your brother, right? And and, and, and stand with you because Naftali and I were, you know, together on vacation, like we talked about. And after davening, I guess a friend of your brother's was there, yeah. and um, you're like, ask him, ask him. You know, he had gone to the same school, and he was older, I guess, your brother's age, and he was laughing about it and said, like, oh, 100 percent, I got beaten every day for six <laughs> years. Oh, for sure. And he was telling stories. And it happened to be another guy that actually lives in Chicago and gone to different yeshiva. And then he was one-upping him. Yeah. Another yeah. yeshiva in Brooklyn saying it was far worse. So yeah. I don't, this is like I don't an East even, Coast thing, I think, right? I think mm-hmm. it might be. No, I think it's a generational, generational, generational thing. I, I don't remember hearing that in Chicago. No, yeah. Could like be that. in like in Catholic schools in the 50s, perhaps. Yeah. But I also, I mean, I, I think that like situations like that, like this, like if it doesn't break you, it makes you stronger. In other words, I mean, I, I'm not comparing. Is that what to- happened to you, Naftali? You think? <laughs> no, no, like I feel like he I, just he, he went through it. It was difficult. Yeah, it wasn't fun. But like he sort of found himself on the other you, side. You moved past it. I, I think I kind of right, moved I mean, past it. Like, I when think you, so. I, mean, I noticed when you asked him, like, "Oh, what'd you do to get through it?" Like, you know, some people who are, are, are extremely you- abusive, like situations. You know, so they have. You know, years of, of therapy and they can't do certain things, but like, I, I, listen, I can, 
I I think I have problems whether I gotten being I think everyone has problems. What, so what kind know? of problems do you well, have? Well, I'm I'm very introverted. I think I am. I like being I'm I'm very quiet. I'm not I'm shy, you know. I think I had that prior to get well, let's Jordan. Get, you, you, you just spe- spent a week uh, together on vacation, <laughs> Jordan. How, how was it? How was I will behavior? say that I, I picked up on something I should mention is that well, I had met a guy at uh, uh, someone who has you know f- we have mutual friends and he had come to my birthday party and we had kind of hit it off and um, he's in you know certain business that you know that I represent and he wanted to hang out a little bit. He said, "Oh, you know, we're obviously staying at the same place," and I hadn't seen him for a couple of days. So we were texting each other, and he said, "Hey, I'm at you know Cabana on the beach. I've got cigars. You know, oh, come God, say hello." You were so annoying. And so I was with, <laughs> I was with Naftali, or sh- should I say Naftini? Was that your nickname? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I was with Naftali. I was with Naftini. No, Naftini. I was Naftini. very small. I, I didn't know how to pronounce oh, that's, that. Okay. That's bringing that's a good that's call, right? flashback <laughs> to the yeah. abuse by my classmates as a kid. Yep. Naftali. So I was with Naftali. <laughs> It's a very, I, it's a green. It's yeah, like it's great. for it's a kid to like, yeah. like third grade to like come, up come up with that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty smart. Good so, them. so I was with Naftali, and I said, "Hey, let's." You know, we were watching our kids for a while. It's time for the wives to kind of take over a little bit. I told Naftali, I said, "Hey, let's go uh, meet the guy on the beach or whatever. Let's have a cigar." The like amount of anxiety <laughs> and stress I could read <laughs> on Naftali's face, like, and, and you're like. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to watch it. And I, I actually said to his wife, I'm like, it's cool. Like, Naftali will come, from, you know, for a little bit. She was totally fine. He was like, I don't know. You know, Nuko, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I don't know who's going to be there. The, how many people? Last, how long are we going to stay? I'm the, like, I don't know. I, I just I, walk I, over there. I, I, like, that, her social, her I social anxiety was crippling. The him. last thing I want to do is go on the beach Try to look for someone who I have no idea. You had no idea. You didn't even find we them. We didn't find him. <laughs> you, you, you walked. The place walked. Is big. You know what? The guy was just trying to impress you. He didn't have a cabana. What a, he didn't have What cigars. a waste of time. I spent yeah. 40 minutes walking around the hotel beach. Complete exaggeration. It, no, delusional. It was. As your brother says, delusional. No. no. It was, I walked doing nothing when I could have just been relaxing by the pool. Because he dragged me out. But do you relax by the pool? I do. You relax? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, he's relaxed. I, but should so, like someone come up that he has to have a conversation with? Oh, no. Very nervous. I don't want to see anyone. Like right. I just don't. I'm, so, I'm yeah. No offense. Just put headphones on. It's a good idea. No, we actually found a good, you know, because there was one pool, like the, the bougie pool in the, in the hotel where all the, you know, all the cool people were. But it was so crowded. And we actually went to the main pool, which was yeah. empty. It was great. It was great. I would swim, never swim up bar. Nothing yeah. like it. Like why go anywhere else? Right. People are complaining the water's cold. It was perfect. Wait, was, so why do people go to the bougie pool? Because that, that was like the the cool pool. Place to be. Know, like it's place bougie. to see. It's like no, because you have to rent the pool because it's heated. None of the other cabana. pool. You have to rent. You rent a cabana. Like the pool's not heated. The other ones. It's it's eighty seven degrees yeah. and uh, humid in Mexico. Like what? You don't want a heated pool. Uh-huh. It's like swimming in a bathtub. Like I don't. I, I thought it was great. Okay, so let's talk about. You mentioned that you have issues, and you said we all have issues projecting <laughs> yeah. onto us. But you're the interview subject, so Cor- correct. What do you think some of those issues are, and maybe let us diagnose I, <laughs> where those stem from? Uh, do you have a couch? Like I can lie. Here we go. Right behind you, actually. Look at that. That's new, y'all. Is that new? That's from my old house. Okay, we're waiting for furniture in here. Yeah. Jordan, you took psychology. Wait, wait you're right? not like a man. I was say you took psychology. I took psychology junior year of high school. Okay, I took AP psychology. Yeah, Josh, Josh I never took nothing. You are very involved with upwards. Yeah, now, so yeah. like, so, so we kinda... could we could for sure okay. help diagnose him. Yeah. All right, so let's do it. I mean, I think um, I think you mentioned the introvert. 
I think that was before the before all that that happened. Maybe you started at a I don't, very very young age. Correct, but I don't Your personality had not developed, so we don't know uh, that. Are you saying it's related the abuse that I suffered as a Probably, kid? Probably, yeah. I'm willing to know. explore that. I I happen to think that I guess when I was in fir- like first grade and the Rebbe was just vicious, that probably wasn't good for me to like be in, you know I mean? No, no, <laughs> probably, probably not. not. Probably I'm not. not. Yep. the truth, I don't remember any day of first grade ever. Like, do you, yo, do you remember first grade? Like, any, like you, you have vivid memories of it, which means right. that that deeply affected you. I, I can't tell you the first thing about first grade. The gym Nothing. Is, the gym is Gershon. You didn't even know. I, I don't even know. Mrs. Friedman. But, but Jordan, do you remember first grade? I remember who my teacher was. But do you remember can, actually I, being in class? I can, no, I remember. I don't think so, no. Right. I, I remember. To, you remember vividly, vivid which means class. you had like serious. Right. Memory has to yes. do with yeah. like how you retain emotion. Right. I, I actually. It had a major, major I, emotional impact on you. I have a traumatic story that I, I remember from first grade. My only story. Yep. I, I don't really want to say what happened or name names, but basically I peed myself <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at my desk. And there's like a little bit like On a purpose. Pus- no, I don't know. I was a kid. I was a first, first grade. Yeah. I may no. have peed myself out of fear, and, but you know, in first and grade. And there was like a little puddle underneath you my have, desk you and I was trying to push over the puddle to the girl next to me and say, <laughs> and say it was her and not me, despite the fact that my pants were like all wet going down. <laughs> but, but I mean, to show an example, but you I still remember, remember that. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Because so that's, you. that's dramatic for and you. It, and I have not spoken to her since. Really? <laughs> Although she is Jeremy Kroll's uh, sister-in-law. Oh, look <laughs> oh, at that. Really? Hey, can, we just, can I just say something? That's yep. the fifth shout out on yep. this podcast. Yep. That's the goal. That's pretty impressive. You've had a couple once in a while. No, I had one this past one. Okay, first so... One. But Jeremy Kroll, that's number five for him. <laughs> Shout out, Jay yeah. Kroll. So tell us more about yourself, I guess, and some of the issues. Everyone has issues, but what are the things that you grapple oh, with? Seriously. What are my issues? Yeah. She had my wife here. I, she'll, I know she'll tell him. He's, he's very judgmental Am of, I? of Chicago. I don't think I am. I remember, I when, he fir- I remember when we first got here, we, uh, we had a conversation. Like he didn't like Chicago? No, no, he, he was just not impressed with the uh, educational level of <laughs> many members well, of the Well, my education Chicago. was very, you see how amazing oh, it I was. Mean, <laughs> you, you, you went off and became a dentist. Yeah. Uh, unlike many people who, Honestly, who, who my, do very well in the community I, who are I th- uneducated. I think my parents are sh- like my parents were shocked that I actually became a professional. How did you think, go to, how did you, I mean, I'm assuming you had to go to college to go I to went, dental school? I went to college. It was very important. For my my father, that I get an educate like a real education. Your father was Hungarian. My father Hungarian, was Hungarian, immigrant, a right? Hungarian immigrant. So he was always very dead set that everyone has to be doctors or lawyers. That was like how it was in my house. So is this point of the year neither? I again, I told you. Well, it's, you in my, in my second year, years. he's like, he's like, do you think you could switch now? You know, to, credits. Yeah, maybe you can go to the medical. School. So how do you? How did you have the capabilities to go to college when I you don't, had like a you grade school and high school was out of control? I don't know. I only started learning in in college. I never. I don't remember anything. How did you get into college? You took the. Regents and I took the regents. The regents were a joke. We used to buy the paper for the proctors and then take it together. And then when I was in, um, in she cheated on the regents. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I don't think I, I I don't know how I got through. I remember the Hebrew regent, Rabbi Brofman, Oliver Shalman from Yeshiv Rockway, was like a real tzaddik. You would ask him the questions. He would give you the answer, but he wouldn't give you the answer upright. He would say like, "It's not A, it's not C, and it's not." 
D. <laughs> so you'd be like B, okay, circle, you know? And then we would pass the answers through the, through the, through the class. I think I got thrown out of my, my PSATs. I don't even think I took the SATs. I don't know how I got into. So what's, what's college? College? I had a. I went to Brooklyn College. It's like you had a heartbeat. You got in, you know. So and I started learning there. My parents were very into the fact that you're going to learn like core classes. You're going to study like ancient Greek mythology, and like art history. And, and now many, I have all this weird, stupid knowledge. I took art history. So really? Art history. Time out. Time out. Yeah. Literally, I, mean, I referred to our conversation years ago, and he's his big. You know, his attack on the city was you know a lot of uneducated people and this and that, no one is educated and you specifically mentioned like art history <laughs> like like that's like the number I, one subject oh like I, they're not like I educated have, art history i took like then, three like, art courses i had right. like paint <laughs> why? yeah i have i had paintings i like get all this stuff i i why i don't know i you had to take core classes so that there were certain classes that you had to take you had to take ancient greek mythology so i had to read all those books like the iliad the odyssey all Homer stuff. So my parents always thought that was very important. Like you need to be able to talk to someone not sound like an idiot, or like actually, you know, have an education and 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 have a worldly conversation that doesn't involve nursing homes. <laughs> <laughs> How many years were you in college for? I had yeshiva credits from Israel. Right, I'm saying. So, was so like I think I did in like two and a half years or three years or so. And then at what point did you like? I wanted to become a dentist because my uncle is a dentist and he never worked, and I thought it was a f fantastic job. <laughs> Little did I know he had no money, so, <laughs> so so I only figured that out after I went to dental school. <laughs> so yeah, it was. <laughs> but actually, I I'm, I am a, a he's, little. He's never busy. <laughs> so hold on. So you know, getting into dental school or med, were you, were you ever considering medical school? I didn't think I was smart enough. My sister went uh, went to medical school. Okay. And she was like super smart. My sister was the worst firstborn to have in your family. She was like exceptionally smart and like got into she got into medical medical school straight out of high school. She didn't do any college. I think she did she had 6 months of college. She had to take her core classes which she accelerated. She finished college in like 6 or 6 months or a year and then went straight to medical school. She didn't have to take her MCAT or anything. Josh, like that. Josh, I think, I think sounds, <laughs> sounds made up. <laughs> I think it's I like your dad's favorite. It's called, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, it's called the it's called the BAMD program. You can look it up. Okay, sure, it's, it. sure it is yeah, Peloton. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she was like the star, you know, of and the you family. Didn't, you didn't think you were up to that level? No, my brother was always like somehow he was going to figure it out. He's a lawyer. Pretty successful. So there's a doctor, so was like, there's a lawyer, there's doctor, a lawyer and and my mom always said to me, she's like, you know. If this doesn't work out for you, there's always podiatry. Like there's, you could always just work with feet. So like I knew I had to do something. Like, so I guess. Like, by the way, am I sensing a little bit of a self-esteem issue? Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps you didn't think you could, you know, do it. No, I yeah. Well, I never tried ever in school. I don't think I ever in high school. I never. I didn't put an ounce of effort into like high school or elementary school or anything. You know. So this was a real challenge. So okay, I so actually, the MCAT. When you sit down for the MCAT, I had to take the MCAT. Not I took the MCAT, the dad. The, the dad. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I scored. Was that nerve wracking for I, you? Yes, I actually had to take beta blockers because I would shake so much because the computer would give you your score right away. It this was, is a great ad for your dental practice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've I've, over, I've overcome that thankfully. Okay, but, having said that, by the way, you want those here, shaky hands by operating the way, on you? Having said that, here is an ad for his dental practice. 
Who can- <laughs> Welcome to Old Orchard Smiles. <laughs> Where did you get? That? I'm looking at the website. Oh, I don't have anything. Thank you. Appreciate Dare, it. Dare their tagline is Dare to have the smile you've always wanted. <laughs> the group is led by Dr. Asher Gelman and some other dentists. They welcome new patients all the time. I'm just reading some stuff here. Call them at 847-673-2052. They're at 9235, very convenient location, Skokie Boulevard, right down the block from Lover's Lane Correct. and Emma's. Also very close to Dr. Stein. Yes, very actually very close to Dr. Stein. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Lover's Lane is a great, like anyone who doesn't know where it is, I, they, I, they're like, where where is that? I was like, do you know where Lover's Lane is? <laughs> Everyone says yes. I know exactly where that is. Aren't there two Lover's Lanes in Skokie? Isn't there one on Dempster? On Dempster? No, uh, on, that's on, the, no, the one right off. Like by Bronx, or maybe that was that ever a location? There? Not sure, but yo, that was actually a cue for. We'll get back to your dentistry, yeah. but yo, today's yo, new segment. N- the new segment. If uh, other right. listeners haven't yes. heard, on so, the last episode we introduced this concept. New segment. Uh, Yoel's question yo- of the day. Yoel's question of the okay. day, things that uh, go through his brain. So I, w- I would like to ask you, despite the fact that when you drive in your car, you're you're in the car, not necessarily on the road, but what is your favorite? I mean, you've been in Chicago for how long? Not, almost nine years. Nine years. Right. Are, are you familiar with the streets of Chicago? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What is your favorite highway to drive on and your least favorite I highway? I don't know any of the numbers of Do you the highway. I don't need numbers. I don't even Do know what to call them. Do you ever go downtown? Yeah. Do you, like, get, the, do you like that highway? The Edens? I like. I take Lakeshore Drive. Usually. So you like Lakeshore Drive? Yeah. Like, that is a like scenic, scenic have, way to get down there. Because it's like slower? Is it slower? I don't know. I don't know. I was driving, like, for instance, today. I think I think it's <laughs> no. a question of the date bomb. No, <laughs> no, but I, I didn't have it. You, I was you, you sort of surprised. I, me. No, I'll, I have other ones. But listen, I, I was. How one was well, much better? Uh, uh, do you want to try a different one? Well, no, over. I don't. What's the, I'll, what, I'll, I'll explain I wanna to you. Say, I want to. I'll, I'll explain just, to you. I want to understand uh, what yes, context better. Yes, no, better no. in what sense? Traffic well, or. I, I just don't. I feel uncomfortable. Let's say, like, I'm driving. Let's say, like, on the um, is it the Eisenhower that like goes east to west? Like, I always feel like there's always like that's a big Chicago thing, by the way. Yeah. East, west, north, south. I right. no, no. the two Like, I, I just I feel very uncomfortable driving on there. Even though I'm just driving my car the same way, I just feel like this. The, the people on the road are, are are crazy. The trucks are crazy. Even though the trucks don't constantly crash. Like, for instance. I take the 88 and the 80. They both go the same way. One is like a little, I, I don't know what it is. I refuse. Maybe does one, one of those go near Aurora? Yeah, that's the 88. I used to take that. I used it's to nice work highway. in Aurora. It is a nice highway. Uh, that's what, see, that's yeah. my favorite highway. Yeah, that is see? a really nice highway. Yeah, see? He, he knows what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you, you ever drive to like Comiskey Park? Or like South Side, um, yeah, you have to go down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like those highways? It's it's a little chaotic with yeah. all the lanes coming in, and you got to keep an eye it's, on the right it's, lane. It's like a very merging drive. I agree. See? Yeah. So we're already getting somewhere. Dude. All right, great. Well, that was Yoel's question of the day. Yeah, okay. Can I tell you the worst highway? Yeah, this is yes. Okay. That was my question. All right, <laughs> what? we're, we're, what's the one by O'Hare when you merge when you go through? And you, yeah, yeah, that's that's the the Kennedy when it comes in when the, when they merge right and you're gonna when, go when like 90, Cumberland and yes, to, that yes, merger yes. is like gives me Van Wyck yeah. vibes. Right. I don't know if you know about New York. Van Wyck is like the the worst highway in the or Stan Island Expressway, the worst highways in the world. I only know about the uh, the FDR. FDR is pretty well. Not as bad. Great. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, you, so, so, so you, you're, you're super See. nervous about the dad. You end up. I, I mean, you went to the University of Maryland, correct? Correct. It's one of the top dental schools in the country. I it guess is. so. Yeah. I is. think it is. Right. It's first dental school in the world. 
I the first Thanos I mean, in the world. Another lie. Like the first first. Can we please look it up right now? No, the first customer. The first customer. Everything's the first. Can you please keep please look it up? There might have been dental schools before the main power landed. What do you mean? Please Google it right now. Because I get one fact check. I get one fact check on this. I'm gonna Google, but I'm not I will not answer. Come on, I'll not write I'll not repeat. That's so unfair. You got look it up. The first dental school in the world. In the, world? in the world or US, I don't know. Oh, I here, think it is the world. I, I, I do think so. What'd you say it was? University of Maryland. Did it say it? Not exactly that correct. That well, it's the Baltimore <laughs> Baltimore School <laughs> College of Dentistry, which is University of Maryland. Fake news. Baltimore <laughs> College of Dental Surgery. D- that's my school. That's it's the where same you went? school. Oh, yeah. became the world's first dental school and opened Thank in you. Baltimore, Maryland in eighteen forty. Thank you. Vindication. We'll give you the w. we'll give you the W. <laughs> w right. Okay. There. So, you, so what was that like for you? I guess having come from your background, going to Brooklyn College, not like really kind of learning on the fly, and then getting into like one of the best dental schools. I mean, what kind of relief and excitement for that type of success? I honestly, I feel like like you had won the lottery. No, I feel like it didn't make sense. I'll be. I'm really being. I'm really being serious. Like when I, what I scored on my my dental school exam like i didn't think actually made sense the only thing that made sense is that i got like the lowest score possible in math like the lowest score so this is to get into school i got like a like a really ridiculous but the other scores i like it was a miracle. Like I didn't. So do you it think didn't perhaps, match? Do you think perhaps it was a mistake? And then you, you really should have accepted. No, I. Did, I you, did you cheat out the day? No, I did not cheat. I did just the same Rebbe who took the regions for you also I, uh, proctor this. <laughs> no, <laughs> this was like prometric, like yeah. a real, a real place, the test taking yeah. place. Like they're pretty serious. I didn't think it made sense. I thought something. I thought it was a mistake. I really did. I but really when you did. got the score, then you ran with it. You're like applying to all the top schools. I, I did apply everywhere. I was just actually to my my niece just took it, and and I was always like proud of the fact of, of my scores. And she did way better than I ever did. Like like crazy. This is your sister's kid? My sister's kid. Yeah, that makes sense. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, she didn't go to college. And, <laughs> and, and my, she's actually 12 years old. <laughs> she, she no. She so my mother is like all proud. Can you imagine if your father was still alive? She got an interview in Harvard. And I was like, I don't think I even applied there because I didn't think it was like a, a shot. She's like, no, you 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 did it. You would have gotten in. You know, it's, it's classic. But See, um, he still suffers from low self esteem. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's always been a thing of mine. He didn't like belong little, in <laughs> dental school. Didn't belong in the didn't in belong class. in dental school. I hear that. Doesn't belong. I hear that. Didn't belong in that cabana on the beach that we couldn't find. Didn't have a desk. <laughs> so Neftali, so didn't, you, have, didn't have a camera. You yeah. you end up <laughs> you end up and and from what I understand, you're you were married by this point when you headed down to Baltimore. You lived in how many how many cities a lot. as a married couple? A lot. And we moved seven. I think this was our eighth move to Chicago. To Chicago, yeah, we did move a lot. Okay, so you said you got to Chicago what, like nine years ago? I got to Chicago nine years ago. And so, what made you decide to not go back to New York and go to Chicago? Well, my wife was from, is from Chicago, sure. So she really wanted to go home. I had a bunch of friends here that I knew. I was out of Chicago for so long. I was living in Baltimore for four years. Who People, your friend, who are your friends here, by the way? 
before. No, I'm saying from before. From before? Like, who'd you know here before? And you said you had a lot of them, so let's yeah. hear a lot no, of them. Yeah. No, just a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> not, not a lot. The guys not. from Brooklyn, I'm saying? No, or... there's no, I didn't know anyone. List them, please. <laughs> the guys that live here in Lincoln, but okay. I knew them from. Right. Which guys? Gotcha. I'm saying, oh, you... Do we need name I names? Guess, yeah. I... No. Yeah. <laughs> ready? I'm kidding. He, he already named David Hartman, didn't he? <laughs> he did. No No problem mentioning David. Or Jeremy Kroll. Well, Jeremy Kroll, it's his. Fifth shout out, so yeah, that's pretty impressive. But were any any guys, here? perhaps when you first met them, you thought they were super cool because they wore pop collars? Yes. <laughs> yeah, in Yeshiva, I met one guy. And one I, particular guy? One particular guy. And he, I, I thought there was no way we would ever be friends What's ever. a pop collar? I don't know you remember you know, that like style you where you like pop your collar up and... and you just have the color. But you know, like, like you have a polo, polo oh, shirt. Okay, yeah, okay. I saw that guy, and she was like, "I was, I'm not gonna be friends with that guy." <laughs> so he's like your best friend now. No, be- he's a good friend of mine. Uh, uh, but you wouldn't call him best. I would say, yeah, be, I know him tw- over number? twenty or twenty years. Or something. What number friend? I don't have. I don't <laughs> yeah, put labels on friends. I, I have lists. He does. He does. He does. You do. Yeah. I, sometimes he'll tell I us, like, <laughs> "You moved up or down." Where do the people in the room do it every Sunday? Every Sunday. You know, like when they have like you know like the power rankings, like certain yeah. teams move up in yeah, the charts, yeah, yeah, move yeah. down. Do you have like a narrative? Jordan moved up. Do you I have a reason, yeah. like why a narrative why someone yeah, yeah, moves? Of, up? Yeah, usually, of course. Yeah, based on trolling okay. or stuff like that. I mean, just like whatever goes going on, whoever chats. I'm fighting with, chats. Yeah, a lot of Yo, this, Jordan yeah. has opened me to a world of <laughs> chats that I I am like. My mind has been over yeah, the past three or lot. four years. It's, it's a lot. lot. It's you should just know. Yeah. I was I was like you probably seventy you, years ago. I was not into single. Do you want to hear a funny? Sudden, you want to hear a funny story? What was the first chat you were in, y'all? Uh, Cubs. Uh, I think it was a Cubs chat. Okay, but uh, Trump. What okay. was the first like chat? Oh, chat. Uh, Kings of Chicago. Kings of Chicago. Yeah. Um, shout out Charles Ord. Yeah. Well, yes. well, I'm actually going to give a shout out to Charles, who actually named me as Surgeon General of the Trump sure. chat. I was I'm now emeritus. Are you I still was, in it? I feel like he's always come out on the right side saying, of history. I, I if we have to, if we Trump, have, no, no Charles. 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 Oh, yeah. So when you moved to Chicago, yeah. from what I understand, you came here under somewhat difficult circumstances. Yes. Can you get into that a little bit? My father was very, very, very sick, and he died three weeks after I moved here. So even when I first and his illness started when you were in Baltimore, in, in Baltimore, yeah. So that kind of was a reason why we went back to New York before between Baltimore and. In Chicago, my father was was pretty sick, so it, it was actually worked out. I didn't think he was gonna die, but he ended up he ended up dying that year. What was that experience like for you? Obviously, was, obviously, obviously sad and, and no, hundred percent devastating, hundred percent. But you were able to spend time with him. It was very. It was like, like the best. It was the best thing that could have happened. I was really hoping that I would get into a program in in Chicago. I really wanted. There was one specific program I really wanted to go to. But then I was, I answered the most, like, I think I answered the worst possible answers on an interview that you could ever, and it was, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm thinking back now to some of the answers, like, from what I remember, they were absolutely crazy. Some of the answers. Can you give they an example? It, yes. Yeah. I do, the guy asked me, <laughs> if you had to compare yourself to a food, what would it be? Obviously a mango. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what why, you why obviously? Uh, why obviously? I don't know. Yeah, go on. So like I didn't know, I didn't know. That's what like a answer. seminary question, right? It's like the dumbest question. I mean, yeah, those so those stupid. are stupid yeah. questions like a that you print out from Google, like great interview questions. I think I answered like a steak or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "What? Well, why? Why is that?" 
And I, I think I gave the most ridiculous answer. I don't even remember. So None of it made sense. It was the question. It was just and, and it was right. It was a program that you wanted to get into. I but really you feel like I bombed that you interview giving, so bad. Like you giving those answers. It was like oh, Mina Shemayim. Mina Shemayim. So yeah. then you were able to go to New York. Yeah, I ended up, and I went to a phenomenal program. I went to a really great in Stony Brook University. It was great, like absolutely amazing. So it ended up working out. But at the same time, my father was getting sicker and sicker. But with the disease that he had, like you could either go two directions. You can you, which which disease? He had, was that? He had ALS, so um, mm-hmm. Lou Gehrig's disease. So you can either go in two directions. You can get trached and live like there's people who are living years. You know, Stephen Hawking's. My father was older when he got it. Was not old. He was 67. So I think when he went into the hospital, one of the times in the end when when he went to the hospital, his neighbor next to him was trached, and I think he was so freaked out from it. He's like, "I'm not. I'm not doing it." Like I'm not getting tricked. It happened to be that he, he they did a surgery because his his eating was getting pretty bad, so they did a surgery where they basically put in a G tube, and I think it went wrong. Like it went totally wrong. They couldn't find his like stomach or something like that. They opened him up, couldn't find his stomach, and they had to close him back up and then like do it again. And I think all this stuff trauma that was happening to him, they he wouldn't he didn't even have an opportunity to get tricked. So I think it was all minashimaim, like the way he got sick how long he was sick for and even his death like it really kind of went smoothly you know going the other the other route is really hard i think on a family and on on the person who's sick right so i think everything worked out you know it worked out i guess the way it should work out yeah and and you're obviously just coming to a new city and you you know you had some old friends from you know yeah. prior years but what was that experience for you like I guess dealing with with your father's illness, your father's death, and being in a new place among new faces. You know, obviously being in New York, you're kind of away from your family. You have your wife's family, but yeah. what was that like for you adapting to, I guess, Linkwood and new people while dealing with well, this? Did I you knew, move to Linkwood first? That was your first No, I first moved to my in laws' house. I moved to their basement. I was you there temporarily. I was there or, temporarily. Okay. We were moved into like a storage facility and then um I actually rented my house before I gotcha. Before I bought it, but it was I think after my father, like after that whole right. the whole the whole Tukufa, I, I think I started renting in like November, so or December, something like that. So what was it like but coming here? Might, yeah, it was fine. I'm a very adaptable guy. Like I, I don't think I were people I, supportive or understood. Yeah, what you of going. course, of course, of course. I'm also very. I'm the type of guy that kind of like I guess my way of dealing with it is making it very. Um, like I don't care. About you know about what happened. Like I've made jokes like, to you. Like I make people very uncomfortable. Like being de- like, somewhat emotionally detached. Exactly. So I think that's probably my way of, of dealing with it. You know, but maybe it's a little uncomfortable. I like seeing how other people get very uncomfortable when or with that, with any of that stuff. Like I'll make a comment. My friends are also very brutal, like brutally honest about about it, and they know it. You know, it doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. But it was the right place. I actually asked my father. If I should stay, and he's like, "No, you should go." I was like, "Should I stay? Should I just stay in New York?" And he's like, "No, go. It'll be better." Yeah, for he didn't you care if you and you had your brother there. That was a doctor, so my sister. Oh, <laughs> my, I'm sorry, my yeah. sister. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but to be far away from me, the the you know the son who didn't become the doctor, <laughs> the disappointment, <laughs> the disappointment, the disappointment. Well, yeah. anyways, now you've been here nine years. Yeah, 
now you're you know vacationing with um, your Linkwood crew. You're part of the hood. You're close to home here. I don't want to end on a sour note. Obviously, you know, sadly about your father's passing, but you know, you're a great guy, a great dentist, great dental practice. Do you think we have time for one more? I'll tell you why. Yes, yes. I, was, I, I was about to say I could ask. On, I can ask another phenomenal I, I question. Want him, I, <laughs> Yes. Like, I want something that I could... You mean Naftali? That's a good one. Oh, man. And the abuse continues. Y'all or Josh, ask him something about Mexico, because it's, like, easy, easily verifiable for me to say, like, no, that's false. Oh, you want to hear a funny story about my dental school? Sure. Do you know who went to my dental school? Another lie that you can fact check. Jordan Belfort. What? Yes. He I actually have to. Yeah, he, we'll have to check that's that. So listen, out, that's so wait, who is that? the ordinary. Yeah. That's probably true. No, but someone like, from listen, Wolf of Wall Street. Listen, uh, that's, that's he said he sat down. His same family type as me. I think he had immigrant parents. My mom is not an immigrant. My, my dad is European, but very Jewish and very into like getting an education, going to medical school, dental school, something like that. So he decided to go to dental school. He said the dean came in first day and said, Guys, gentlemen, the the golden age of dentistry is over. If you're here to make money, this is the wrong profession for you. He said he closed his book that day and walked out. And everyone no back. <laughs> Funny story. Okay. The truth is, maybe he's lying. Maybe <laughs> Belfort's lying. Right? That could be. That that could be. be. It's an, a lie from Neftali. We're, we're ending on a lie. Neftali, yeah. I would say like this. I think that my takeaway from you, you know, you're a great guy. You're a well-adjusted person. Obviously, you've overcome things probably because you're detached from your emotions and need <laughs> need serious help. But but what the positive I would say is that I, I think looking from this, I think it'll be eye opening and you know, definitely shocking to it's, a lot of people to to hear about these experiences. But I think that it also provides like some context and understanding for a lot of people, I guess maybe our age that are otherwise completely unaware that some of some of the things that even even adults, you know, you're how old, thirty eight now? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. So guys that are, you know, from from thirty five to forty five, you know, some people might look at and say, you know, why you know, this guy's messed up. He can't get it together. He's a little out of control. He's, you know, going through different difficulties and they kind of scoff at it and say you're an adult, but really, you know, they don't know about some of the experiences that people our age were going through back in the day. hundred percent and I think another plug for upward and please. Glitter. You know what? Glitter. That was Paint that when I was growing up, and the, and this was happening with the kids. That was the, I don't know if you ever heard of Our Place or yeah. um yeah. or like Ocean Parkway. Those were things that came about because I think what was going on in the schools and what was happening to a lot of these kids. And you hear about the fentanyl crisis on on the news, and you don't really see. I don't know if you've got got you guys saw the effects that actually did affect people that you know like i know people yeah, who there's someone yeah yeah so like i'm sure you do you have yeah. uh, you have some of those you know there are cases there are, i feel like from our age there are, there are cases but there's someone few and far between no, whereas the experiences he's describing is very and, much more and, common. And, like half and his I, class i think if you if you talk to people who were i think the two big yeshivas that i know growing up was Kamenetz and and Torvadas, they were known like those kids there were a lot of a lot of tr- a lot of bad Stuff came from from there. A lot of kids went had a lot of problems, and granted, a lot of them came from immigrant homes, or you know, they they had problems at homes, in the home too. And I think that was one of the the positives that I had is I had very strong, you know, parents who were very involved. And actually, when they did see something happen, they did take care of it. 
Right. So I guess that's a kind of a larger picture takeaway. And yeah. the, the, so maybe the, the micro takeaway it. is that, yeah. you know, people see Neftali on the street. Maybe he's introverted. He's got some issues deep down. <laughs> they should be nice yeah, to him. Be nice. Maybe go out of your way to say be hi, nice. hello, be talk nice. to him, include him. Yeah. Give him a hug. Give him a hug. Yeah. He's gone through a lot. And, uh, <laughs> and having said that, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing your experiences. I think we learned a lot. Had a good time. This is great. Thank you. This is awesome. All right.